We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Basketball is back. Preseason play kicked off super, super early this morning, actually coming from Japan. We're going to talk a little bit about that game. We'll talk about some NBA news. Before we dive into it, though, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. And don't forget to go follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts as well. We also have the NBA front office show clips channel where we take some highlights from some of our shows. So subscribe to that one. I'll put the link in the description. Joining me as always is Keith Smith. Keith, how are you doing? Are you uh, as fired up as I am about basketball being back? Uh, man, I'm excited. I, I, I did not get up for the start of the game. Uh, last night, I actually slept like a baby last night. It was the first uh, good night's sleep we've had here in a little bit, just with everything going on. But it was, uh, but yeah, but, but it, it was good. And then when I get up, I was like, I'm going to put the game on and, and started watching this morning and ended up watching uh, the whole thing. So I'm uh, pretty excited, man. Basketball back. It's, uh, you know, NBA basketball back, to, to be clear. Um, you know, it's great. I, I'm, you know, I, I love it. And I'll be honest. I could get used to morning hoops. It's uh, it, it, it was a little fun. It was nice to have it have that first thing in the morning when you when you get up. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a pretty game, but that's preseason. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the way it kind of goes. Although, I uh, for this game, I was pretty impressed with how involved James Wiseman was. That was one of my big takeaways from this. Twenty points, nine boards. He had a block, eight for eleven shooting in twenty four minutes. It felt like the Warriors were really going out of their way to get him involved. Mm-hmm. But still, it was a great sign for a guy who's battled injuries to come out there and drop twenty and nine in his first preseason game of the of the year. Yeah, even if he had missed every shot he took, if he looked good physically, that's all we would have really cared about. And and he he, he did that and made most of his shots. He uh, had a couple really nice dunks, including one over Kristaps Porzingis on so kind of a broken fast break play, which was a really nice uh, uh, finish by him. And then he hit a little baseline jumper, probably about. 10, 15 foot jump shot that, that he knocked down, which looked pretty good. He had a, had a, a nice uh, little jump hook worked in there. And then a couple other dunks in the lane where guys just kind of left it for him. So all around, I thought he looked good physically. I thought he moved well on defense. You could see that's going to take him a little bit of time to catch up to that. I thought, uh, I, I thought Jonathan Kaminga looked pretty good putting the mm-hmm. ball on the floor uh, and creating. Um, and then Rui Hachimura uh, made a couple highlight plays uh, in front of the home fans in Japan uh, there to, to excite people on the way side so all around for the first preseason game everybody came out healthy so far it seems like two which that's the number one most important thing so all around good start to the year 
Yeah, absolutely. Everybody healthy. That's the, that's important. Uh, look, what, 37% shooting from the Warriors, 37% from the Wizards as well. 17% from three from the Wizards, 27% from the Warriors. Preseason basketball at its, yeah. at its finest, but they will round into form as we get closer and closer to the regular season starting up. It was just great to see basketball back out there. Uh, we did get some news today, though. In fact, that I don't know how surprising this was. We talked about it a bit that the Celtics may end up doing something, especially when the Robert Williams knee surgery was turned out to be a little bit more extensive than they initially thought. But the Celtics do land Blake Griffin. Uh, we talked about some of the veterans that were out there. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard, Hassan Whiteside. There were some other names as well. But, Keith, were you surprised that they specifically went with Blake Griffin? And how does this make sense in terms of his skill set and fit? Yeah, I was surprised because this wasn't I, to be honest, I'd kind of expected them to do nothing at this point. I thought they were just going to go with the camp guys and, and run that way. But uh, adding Blake Griffin is makes sense because he fills a couple holes for them. Uh, I know a lot of people really wanted them to go get Carmelo Anthony, which I think as an offensive replacement for Danilo Gallinari, that's probably the best you could do on the market. They're somewhat similar players as far as being shooters who can also uh, punish smaller defenders on switches. The problem is Carmelo would have overlapped a lot with Grant Williams as far as they're both fours. And I think that would have been a little bit of a problem. I don't know how much you can play those two guys together where Blake at this point in his career, he's very much a five. I've seen a lot of people saying, well, you know, we'll probably play at the four. I, yeah, I don't, think so i think he's really a five now and and he can defend fives now i took a little heat on uh twitter as per usual right um for saying that but it's not and it wasn't by any means saying like this is a you know, rudy gobert coming in or even a robert williams replacement or anything but he can bang with fives he can box out he's gonna do do his thing where he takes a ton of charges and he just kind of plays really good solid positional defense and then the big thing i think for the celtics offensively is he is a very good passer and if you're going to play for them as a big, you need to be able to move the ball because they they run a lot of their stuff through the bigs to get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the guards uh, clean looks. So, yeah, I think Blake all around, you know, fine. You know, it's a minimum signing. Uh, if it doesn't work out, you move on. It's not the end of the world. Um, it will cost them some in the tax uh, with that. But if you're a Celtics fan, you should feel pretty good about that too because this is a team that for a few years looked like they wanted no part of being a tax team. And yet here they are now. They, they've they you know gone deep into the tax. And this is a move that only adds to that tax bill. And they probably could have said, you know what, let's go. Uh, one last thing on this. They did, uh, news came out a little bit, uh, after like maybe 20 30 minutes after luke Cornett apparently sprained his ankle um he was going to be a big part of the uh of, of the looked like the rotation while rob williams was out and if Cornette's down that's you know definitely something that's going to factor in a little bit here um it looks like a week or two for him so probably right around the start of the season we'll see him but get another big with experience in there and bring him in yeah, absolutely. That Luke Cornett injury makes it make even more sense that you grab uh, Blake Griffin. I do think that he's he's not a four, but he kind of gives you some of the things that you'd be wanting out of a Carmelo Anthony. Like you're, uh -huh. he's almost like a middle ground between a Danilo Gallinari and like a true just rim protecting big and Robert yeah. Williams. You're going to get uh, sort of a hybrid of those things. So it makes sense that you can kind of fill either. You're kind of well. You're, you're killing two stones with one bird, as Chuck Norris can do, right? That's 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 what you're doing 
um, with this. So I think it's just fine as a, as a signing. And like you said, it's very low risk, assuming that, you know, it's not your money, right? So it's very low risk in that they can just part ways with him if it doesn't work. It's a, it's a better minimum signing. Very easy to just say, well, that didn't work. See you later. Next man up. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it's for a, a team that had been very reluctant to get into the tax uh, in recent seasons, just saying, yeah, we'll take on some tax hit. That's 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 important, too, because it shows they're very committed to this group, despite uh, uh, some very you know uh, down news over the last course of the last month. This is a, as we record this the last day of September, man. And it's a, as a Green Day once famously sung, wake me up when September ends as far as the Celtics <laughs> goes. Honestly, as far as the Smith family goes, too, it's been a uh, it, it's not been our favorite month of the year, but we're we're we're, we're looking up we're moving on and, and moving on uh uh with uh blake griffin in the fold in boston keith before we move on to this next section dare i hit the button the yeah, the yeah is do. it worth it is it yes, worth? all right let's let's do it we have an early trade to announce we do have a trade Kind of. It's it's a big trade in terms of the number of players that involve that are involved, the Thunder and the Rockets. It is not any kind of a trade that is going to shift the balance of power in the NBA or anything like that. But how I mean it's an you. it's an eight-player trade. Like it's very rare that you see this happen. I'd imagine the fact that there aren't really any starters involved in this or anything, it makes it maybe a little bit easier to trade some of these guys and make it an eight-player deal because teams aren't quite as worried about the fit or anything like that. But uh, the Thunder trade Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless. How could you be Mo Harkless? Uh, Theo Mal- Maladon, and uh, then they're getting from the Houston Rockets, David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. Coming back. Yeah, I I think um, the the how, how do I put this? I um, th- this was one. I don't know if you saw what I put on uh, Twitter, but I said this is one of those like fantasy trades where yeah. you're just bored at work and you're like, Hey, let's just do a trade. Right? right. And then it's like, Hey, you guys moved around stuff and you know, nobody's ever going to actually get in your starting lineup except on a bye week or whatever. Um, the rockets part of this is pretty simple. They took on a little bit of money and they brought and they get a second round pick. So it's like they bought a second round pick here to waive some different guys other than guys they were probably going to waive anyway. Uh, it's very highly likely that Brown and Burke and Chris were all going to get waived. Uh, and then we'll see. And then on the, the, the other side of it, OKC, they were getting very, very close to the tax line, which is not where you want to be if you're a bad team. Um, that's that's in the rebuilding process in this cleared cleared uh, a significant amount of space uh, for them to to go out and do some work uh, there and you know maybe Nawaba sticks I don't think Burke Brown or Chris is going to stick in OKC I don't think any of them have a home there yeah. Um, but yeah it, it, this was a it was really a cap trade uh, OKC creates a couple of trade exceptions there's a lot of different ways that they could have structured this deal uh, mostly and this is a I think just educational um, for both sides uh, or for our, our viewers and listeners here is um, both sides can structure a trade in the way that is most mutually beneficial so they can do whatever is best for them on their side of it so how this is likely to break down is into basically five 
kind of individual trades mm-hmm. that, that are um, being done. It'll be Harkless for Nawaba and Brown, then Maladon for Burke. Uh, Chris will go via the minimum exception in the trade to OKC, which then basically is favors and Ty Jerome going to Houston in effect for nothing. Now, it's not nothing because obviously their salary going back the other way, but that's what allows OKC to create then a $10.2 million trade exception and a $4.2 million trade exception. So they'll be able to uh, really uh, do do some, some stuff there. So, you know, Good, good work all around. It's a Mo Harkless. A lot of people have asked, how can they trade him right away? They just traded for him, what, like two yes. days ago? The reason is this is a very, very uh, quirky thing in the CBA. Rare. He, he, yeah, very rare. Uh, because he was acquired by the disabled player exception, he is able to be aggregated and moved uh, with other salary almost immediately. Now, there's ways, again, like I said, there's a lot of structures here. So there's ways they could do this by not having to re-aggregate him, but they are allowed to do that. So we'll we'll see. I don't believe the deal is actually fully processed yet. Um, generally, we know when the team tweets about it um, uh, that, that the trades happen. Um, but we'll see. And then within a day or two of that, we'll see what the trade exceptions actually actually land us but my guess is that's the the structure that they they most likely came out with um to to structure this and give them those couple trade exceptions and then yeah we'll see maybe maladon gets a little bit of a look uh in um in uh houston sounds like ty jerome will be waived um that was expected in okc as well we'll see what happens with favors he's obviously the biggest name in this trade and we'll see um he's a guy who if, if the rockets wave him he could definitely catch on somewhere as a, a sure. backup big man for sure yeah absolutely on a veteran minimum somebody could could certainly pick him up um yeah. Interesting the way they're going to break that down in terms of the number of transactions and everything, because I was wondering mm-hmm. that too, just looking at this thinking, well, wait, how, how are the Houston Rockets only <laughs> paying a little bit of money and getting a second rounder? And yet OKC on the other end is, is generating these huge trade exceptions and, and all, and all of this, how, how does that all reconcile? But it's because they're looking at the trade two different ways on, on each side, the NBA where trades can become incredibly complicated, <laughs> even if the players involved aren't actually going to see that, <laughs> that many minutes. For your team yeah exactly yeah it is um very uh you know tricky because of that side that part of a trade where both teams can can set it up and structure it the way they want uh to do that so that's you know that that's the 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 important thing it's often we see these they get reported as one big aggregate transaction because that's what really matters here to 99% of the people. But when you when you really want to dive in, which if you're watching this show, you probably do. If you really want to dive into it, you get in a little bit deeper and then you see how the actual trade mechanics work. And uh, that, that that's a lot of the, the fun of it there. Uh, just a couple other minor things with this too. If uh, Harkless is waived by Houston, probably will be, probably doesn't really have a fit um, on that roster as they've got a lot of younger players uh he could go back to atlanta could also go back to the kings at this point because he's subsequently been moved on uh to other teams um and the same with uh sterling brown trey burke or um um, marquise chris could all be uh waived and could all return back to dallas if the mavericks so wanted to do so um because that is uh again same thing they've moved on to a third team now let's see uh uh andrew bogut rule which was yeah. um you know from a few years ago when he was uh moved on by the warriors and then 
there was a thought of, well, he might get traded again and then waived and re-signing Golden State. That is uh, uh, kind of where that where that came from. So, um, yeah, so that, that once you go to a third team, that wipes out the year-long uh, restriction from the uh, most recent team. Right, right. That allows you to return again. One of the ways around that that situation it, back in the day, the NBA didn't like this thing that was going on quite a bit where players were getting traded and then waived and then going right back to the team. When you think of that, who do you think of with that? Like, like who do you think of that rule being for? Zydruna Silkowskis. See, and I think of it as Gary Payton. Um, okay. But which I think is just the Celtics and me because they traded him for Antoine Walker to the Hawks with the Hawks immediately waived him and then he resigned uh, back in Boston. But yeah, it's uh, most people think Gilgoskis because I think that was the big one that one that happened. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of players and well, all the uh, all the moves and things that are being made. One of the trades that went down that raised a lot of eyebrows was the Boyan Bogdanovich trade coming out of. Uh, Utah and people were shocked. You know that we heard a couple of weeks before that the Utah Jazz believed that Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, each of those guys individually could fetch a first-round pick, and then they traded Bogdanovich, who was the highest card in their hand. For we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kelly Olenek, for some reason. <laughs> and, and Saban now, Lee. And Saban and, Lee. And, and Saban Lee. And, the, and in order to get Saban Lee in the deal, the Pistons had to pay for Saban Lee. They had to go, <laughs> here, Utah, take Saban Lee, and here's all the money to cover his contract, too. Yeah. But Bogdanovich wanted a contract extension. That's what's being reported now. He was looking for a new deal. I'd imagine that probably has not changed now that he's in Detroit. But that may have well been a factor in the market value for Bogdanovich being a bit lower than people expected because if a team was either not willing to pay him the asking price or simply not willing to discuss an extension, period, that would make them a little bit hesitant to trade for a player that would immediately arrive and be unhappy because he didn't have the contract extension that he wanted. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I kind of get of two minds on those kind of things because I don't think that that should... Uh, fully dissuade you from from going and getting a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, in one, I, I know he's a, he's an older player now. He's thirty three um, years old. Um, he'll turn thirty four just at the very tail end of this season. But he was very good 
last year, mm-hmm. 18 points per game, 45% from the field, 39% from three, 86% from the line, uh, still gets gets the line a decent amount, three, 3.8 free throw attempts per game, um, still held up, you know, playing 31 minutes per night. Bogdanovich can play in, in, um, kind of sneakily working in my thoughts on this trade because it happened when I was uh, out sick um, with COVID. But I I like this pickup for Detroit um, because I think if you are trying to push forward a little bit and surround your kids with guys who can really play, I think Bogdanovich is really going to help uh, that that team. And I think he, he and uh, Sadiq Bay um, will form a fairly good starting group. They had enough big man depth uh, between Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran. Obviously, you could move on from Kelly Olynyk uh, there in Detroit. But, yeah, I, I would not have backed off if I were another team just because Bogdanovich wanted an extension. I think back to kind of interesting that it's Pistons uh, made this trade. I think back to remember Jeremy Grant. That was all said of like, well, is anybody going to trade for him? Because Jeremy Grant is demanding Mm -hmm. this long, expensive contract extension. Well, he got traded to the Trailblazers months ago now. And nothing's happened with, with that. Now there's no rush um, because he's on an expiring deal. They can take it all the way to the very end of the season, but it's, you know, it's just interesting that, you know, that was one of the things that was said then and you know, and it seemed like some teams were maybe scared off because he was going to demand it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just really like Boyan Bogdanovich. So, you know, for this minor of a cost, it seems like there should have been maybe a couple other teams involved. Yeah, no, I agree. Even if you're just looking at, at him as an expiring, if you were looking at him though, as potentially a guy that you wanted to keep around for a few years. And then he said, well, I'll do an extension, but I want 30 million. Per season like you know that's where well yeah might, i mean he's like, not getting okay. 30 million per no season. i i know I'm, I'm you know being i'm exaggerating sure. but if he but came if in at a number that teams were simply completely you know they were yeah. unwilling to go there then you've got that kind of conflict you want to bring that you know that i'm just saying that's that's got to be a factor when you're deciding whether or not you're going to trade for a guy no absolutely and i think one of the things you maybe look at there is maybe that's one of those ones where it's like a a three-year, $45 million extension started a little high, have it come down and maybe the last year is like half guaranteed or something like that. So you're a little well protected on the back end, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I mean, if you're Detroit, that could be the kind of thing you're looking to do, right? Because you are only going to have so many of these years where you're running out these super cheap teams because these guys are rookie scale deals that does eventually run out once you have to start extending those players and you want to kind of pile up the talent while you can. So I, I, I really like it for the for the Pistons. I the the Jazz side, I you know I think you're hoping maybe they do a little bit better. Yeah, um, we don't even know if Saban Lee makes this team. They've got an awful lot of guards there in Utah already. See what it looks like, but boy, does Danny Ainge love him, Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> uh, you know, so that is, uh, I, you know, and honestly, I think it kind of makes sense there. They didn't have a lot. Um, at the uh, the center spot. So I, I think you can kind of help them at least get through the early part of the year when you're trying to be at least semi-competitive. I have to imagine part of the thought process for Utah was we can flip Kelly Olenek yeah. around the trade deadline to a yep. team who needs another big and maybe pick up a second rounder or whatever it is. So yep. then your final tally on the trade is, okay, we got a second out of Bogdan. You know, you, you get something sure. else in addition to, and maybe they do think that Saban Lee can make the, still a young player. Could be that, some value that's, there too. 
even one too where maybe you you take on a little bit of money mm-hmm. in a no Linux trade and that, that's how you get to a first rounder because it's a Linux plus we took back you know 20 million in bad salary um and that gets you there because the other thing that's important is i like to call call these semi-expiring because he's three million guaranteed next right. year uh, of his 12 million so i don't you know, that's, you know, to me that that's, you know, not bad, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people just since we're on the jazz, I want to uh, kind of uh, talk to some um, Tony Jones who covers the jazz for the athletic. He's all over everything uh, with Utah. He's been very clear. They're not just going to give away Jordan Clarkson. They're not just going to give away Mike Conley. Um, they're looking to make actual deals with those guys. He actually said he thinks it's more likely that they sign Jordan Clarkson to an extension than mm. it is that they actually trade him. So we'll see what comes uh, of that with Jordan Clarkson. That could be kind of interesting there. Um, you know, because they're they're not I, clearly the Jazz are not trying to be very good this year, but I don't think the Jazz are like the Spurs and Pop basically saying, hey, we're going to stink. And, you know, it is what it is. I think they're trying to at least, you know, hey, we're going to be semi-competitive because it can be, you know, the Spurs have kind of had the last couple of years of stepping down after year after year of playoff contention, whereas the Jazz, you're going from a team you thought, what, two seasons ago was a finals team yep. to now all of a sudden you're going to be one of the worst teams. That can be a little jarring, so you step it kind of down. And, and then by, well, by the time the fans are attached to a couple of younger players, then all of a sudden it's, uh, Mike Conley's not playing anymore more and you know you know player x y and z are out of the out of the rotation but i I still expect the jazz to be very busy uh you know all the way through one guy though everybody's trying to steal jared vanderbilt it's not happening he's young and and signed to a great contract i can't see utah trading him at all he's he fits where they're trying to go yeah it makes sense that the vanderbilt probably won't get moved um with the jazz i do wonder like if they do if it makes sense for the Jazz to have out there, hey, we're not going to give these guys away. We need to get something in return for them and all that kind of stuff. I do wonder if that changes, though, come December, come oh, January, yeah. if they've accidentally won a little bit too much. Like oh, the, yeah. When, when you look at the NBA right now, there is a very – and maybe this is in part due to the play-in tournament, but um, there's a very clear line between the teams that are trying and the teams that are not trying. And the tank race to the bottom, I think, is actually going to be very, very tight <laughs> this year. It's going to be very close. I don't think there's going to be a lot of margin for error. So the Jazz, I mean, and again, you never know with the lottery, but if you mess around with this too much mm-hmm. and you play a guys like Clarkson, like Conley, you give these guys a bunch of minutes and you accidentally pick up even a couple of wins that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, that could be the difference between getting the next star in the draft and really pushing your franchise forward and not. I mean, it's something they're going to have to sure. have to keep in mind. Yeah, you. I mean, even with the flattened lottery odds, you still in a draft like this where you have Victor Wembanyama exactly. and Scoot Henderson at the top. Which, by the way, you can check them out playing against each other coming up this week in Las Vegas. Those games uh, that uh, Wembanyama's uh, uh, Metropolitan's '92 team in France is going to play the G League Ignite in a pair of exhibition games, and they are both going to be broadcast uh, by, uh, I believe, on ESPN two. I think it is, and then on uh, the new NBA app. Uh, is going to carry those as well. Um, but yeah, when you've got two talents like that, you want to be at the top of those uh, the, those lottery odds with, with the ping pong balls. You, you To your point, yeah, winning an extra game over you know Charlotte or Orlando or Oklahoma City, and then all of a sudden you're behind one of those teams and, and you miss out. 
you know, by a ping pong ball, you're not going to be real happy about that. So you, no. you definitely want to be in that mix. And that's, that's where too, I know they're saying, you know, they won't give those guys away, but yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, they, they said that about Bogdanovich and it's they about Bogdanovich. give them away, but it's, you know, clearly they don't need a massive haul back. They got their massive haul for Mitchell and Gobert. They, they now it's just about, you know, resetting the books and getting some, uh, get, getting some stuff back the other way. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Oh, we got one more. Jay Crowder um, from oh. Mark, from our buddy Mark Stein. Right. Uh, just similar to Bogdanovich. Sounds like he went to the Suns and said, hey, I'd like a contract extension. And the Suns said, uh, we don't want to. Um, we're, we're not sure you're going to start anymore. And you're certainly probably not going to finish games. And then that's what it sounds like both sides said. All right, hey, let's uh, break this one up. So Crowder's getting to that point, too, of his career where – contract extension or not that's a little yeah we'll see right um you know he, he's he's got to play better than he did last year he just was not very good uh last season so they they you know he needs to show more uh this year wherever it is but we know as we talked about on the last show won't be in phoenix that's right they're gonna move him on somewhere will they get it done before the season that's gonna be something that we'll keep an eye on um again just a decision that the Suns have decided to make and uh look cam johnson arrow pointing up I think he's going to be uh, in line for big, big minutes this year. All right, everybody. Appreciate for you, you for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Ring that you notification bell. 20K, baby. That's 25K right. max, 50K soon That's after that. Right. Let's go. That's right. Yeah. We are, we well, are well, moving the right The sky along. is the roof. Is, is that, that, wasn't that what Michael Jordan said? That sounds about right. The ceiling is the roof or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> whatever, whatever. whatever we're, we're is, breaking uh, through we're breaking it, through yeah, right, right, right there you know, gonna punch all the way through to the moon that's right that's right make sure you subscribe till next time everybody see ya and stay safe whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.